Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Is hour number two of Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will tell you that guests of the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South Downtown, Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. As we head off to our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we are joined every Thursday at 105 for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, by a longtime NHL executive and uh, now an analyst with NHL Hockey and Rogers, Brian Burke. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Anything to talk about this week in the hockey world? <laughs> no, nothing going on. Nothing going on, eh? Uh, well, uh, hey, we're in the Battle of Alberta. You know I'm a battle for Alberta guy. I'd rather see the seven Canadian teams make the playoffs. At the, You know what I mean? That would be gold for me if seven out of 16 made it. You know who would be really happy with that? Rogers. That'd be great for Rogers too. Uh, yeah, we cheer. We cheer for all the Canadian teams. Trust me. There we go. And I know. I know that. Um, give me your uh, take, your perspective on this. Is the second time now that Cassian has gone after Kachuk. Um, I want to break it down a bit from your perspective. Uh, first of all, should there have been a charging call on either of the two hits that uh, precipitated the response from Cassian? The first one might have been a penalty, yeah. But the second one is a clean hit. And what people call it a predatory hit, and I don't view it that way so much. And, and again, people are going to say, oh, he worked for Calgary, or he, he drafted Kachuk. I mean, I'm looking at this as an analyst, and, and in my mind, the first hit, you could have assessed a minor penalty. It wasn't egregious. It wasn't like you say, oh, how'd they miss that, or it's a five, or whatever. Edmonton fans think it is, I'm sure, but the average hockey fan watching would say no. The second one, clearly clean. So 
what he does, what Kachuk does on both hits is crouch down and turn sideways. So he's not. There's no chance he's going to get him with a clean shoulder in the head or an elbow in the head. So, but yeah, in the first one, I would, I would have, I would have liked to see a minor penalty call. Yeah, it was four or five steps. Um, your thought on the Cassian response? Law of the jungle response? I think he just had enough. Like I don't blame him. I like that Cassian as a player. I th- th- this is a huge fuss about something that I think the players will settle themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't think a suspension was warranted. But I knew there would be one once I saw the replays in the you know time after time after time. The optics are bad, but I think Zach just had enough. I, I don't know Zach. I met him when he was playing in junior. Mm-hmm. I like him as a player, and I think he just had enough. And, and we've all been there. Anyone who's ever played hockey, this has happened. We had enough and just started throwing punches. Should Kachuk have taken the fight? Uh, here's where here's where I'm troubled by this, and this is where so there's an intersection of a bunch of basic principles here. And this is a lawyer's answer, but I've already said uh, what I think that Zach shouldn't have been suspended. Okay, so first off, we want the players to be the first line of policing the game. The referees are the second line, and the NHL office is the third line. But as much as possible, guys like me would like the players to police the game. When I ran teams in Calgary and and, uh, Anaheim and Vancouver, and the league would call and say, we're looking at that hit from last night, I would tell them all the same thing. Don't worry about us. We will look after us. Don't worry about us. You don't have to suspend anyone. Don't do anything. We will look after the Anaheim Ducks or the Calgary Flames or whatever. So that's number one. Number two, players should not have to do clean hit um, fights. Now, I don't like clean hit fights. Like when, when someone, it's a good, the second one is a good clean hit. I don't think he owes Zach a fight there. Now, again, I have no problem with Zach did, but I don't think he owes Zach a fight after a clean hit. Like to me, you just don't. And I think we'll take hitting out if players have to fight every time there's a clean hit. And I don't think players have to fight at all. But if you're going to play a certain way, you're going to have to fight sometimes. So to me, I, I, I don't like players that start messes and let other players clean them up. You know, you don't make eggs at night and leave the dishes in the, in the sink for someone else, right? You clean them. So at some point, Chucky's going to have to fight somebody if he plays like that. I'm not sure he owes Zach that fight. I think there's other people there that are perfectly willing to meet with him. Um, it's ironic because Kachuk went and settled a score last year with Matthew Dumba after Dumba lit up Michael Backlund with a hit. Yeah, and, and that's and that's to me, and I, I didn't like that fight. I thought that was a clean hit. So to me, you know this, Bob. Back when we played, if I got drilled, if someone blew me up, I went back to the bench and the guys on my own team would say, keep your head up. The only guys who had the protection of a clean hit fight were the star on your team mm-hmm. and your goalie. Yep. So they get run, even if it's a clean hit, if it's your superstar, someone's going to someone's going to go. And I don't mind the odd when it's a real big hit and someone says, "Well, I'm going to go after him." But in general, Matthew Kachuk's not afraid of anybody. Trust me. But he's not taking a fight. He's the leading scorer. He's not just taking a fight with anybody. Yeah, well, Zach's actually outproduced him five on five points per sixty, but that's neither here nor there. I actually uh, think. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the Calgary Flames would trade Matt? Not a chance. Kachuk not a chance. For, okay, Brian. Continue, I, I wanted Pete, I wanted Pete Chiarelli to draft Matthew Kachuk. Okay, because <laughs> I didn't think we were going to get Paul Yarby. I, I I thought he was going third, and the orders were at four. Chris Knobloch had coached against Matthew uh, when London played Erie, and he said Matthew Kachuk beat us. You guys should draft him, and that's. And I go, well, I hear he doesn't skate well. And he's like, well, he's got a broken ankle. 
Like, he beat us with, he came back and finished off the series limping around, and he beat our team straight up. Now, that's the year after McDavid left, but they still had Strom. Dabrinkit scored 50 goals that year. And uh, I, I point, and, and Peter was never taking Gajuk. He was taking Sergachev. If you guys had orchestrated that deal that involved Backlund and Weidman and all those other things that were involved in it. Um, okay, so maybe uh, so it's interesting. You don't have a problem with what Cassian did. You didn't think. I got to be honest. In the, in, as it was happening, I looked at Jack and I said, "Zach could get seven minutes worth of penalties here. They could nail him." The Oilers could be shorthanded for seven minutes. They only gave him a double minor, which was interesting. Uh, you don't think Cassian should have been suspended. How no. difficult of a position do you think that was in for George Peros, given this is – and is that part of the reason why George is in that role, is because he's dealt with that end of the game? Well, Gary a hard hockey guy in that job. Not, not necessarily a fighter. Like, I wasn't a big fighter. But Colin Campbell – uh, Brendan Shanahan, George Peros, he's always had a hard hockey guy there. In other words, a guy that understands that we need to keep hitting in the game, that we need to keep fighting in the game, he's always had a hard hockey guy, not some soft star that's going to give. Because people used to say to me, why don't you give 10 games for everything? Mm-hmm. Give 10 games, this would all stop. And I said, yeah, it will stop, and so will the hitting. And that's the the, the hard part for George Peros is to walk that tightrope where you penalize the guys that cross the line, but you keep contact in the game. So, I, again, I don't think there should have been a suspension, but I knew there would be. Yeah. I thought it would be one game, maybe a fine, but I thought it would be one game. I think two was, was – uh, and, again, I don't think there should have been anything, but I have no problem with the fact that they suspended him because optically it looked awful. Yeah. Uh, do you think what, – what do you think gets discussed in a room in that situation? Well, I think it's a, it's a bunch of things. Like, like, I wish Zach hadn't said so much the next day because now if there's a problem, he's in trouble. You know, he's, he's predicted that this is going to come and this and that. But, again, like, I watched the game. I watched the replay, and I'm like, we're doing the game. I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with what happened here. He's had enough. He smacked the kid. Play on. Yeah. But you do think at some point Kachuk's going to have to fight some of his own battles. Does it completely diffuse the situation if he starts the game in Edmonton on the 29th and Cassian starts for the Oilers and he says, let's get this done and over with? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think I don't think that Matt or that uh, Matthew Kachuk. I don't think that's part of the plan. I think he's going to get instructions from. I don't know this. I mean, the Flames are here. Right. I didn't go to the skates today because I'm working from home, but I'm going to go to the game tonight. I'm guessing, I know what I would do if I were the gym. I'd go to Matthew Kachuk and say, I'm going to suspend you for a game if you fight him. You want to take a fight from someone else, that's fine. You're not fighting the toughest or second toughest guy on their team as our leading scorer. You're not breaking your hand, fighting Darnell Nurse or Zach Cassian. Hmm. I remember, uh, I found Rasmus Anderson's comments interesting too, Brian, because I remember the rookie tournament in Penticton, and he kind of picked the fight with uh, Nurse. And then Nurse worked him over. And then you guys had Hunter Smith in the preseason game. And uh, he had the early positioning in the fight. And Darnell caught him with one. And, uh, you know, Hunter Smith was a tough kid in the OHL. That was a – Darnell Nurse is a – Darnell Nurse can take – Sam Bennett, though, did all right against Darnell last year. Sam Bennett's a tough it, kid. Yeah, there's, there's, there's toughness on both sides. Someone else can sort this out, I think, but I don't know what's going to happen. Matthew Kachuk's a, a tough kid, 
and he may he may just initiate the fight himself. I don't know, but I know what I would do if I were still a GM. I would go to him and say, "You are not fighting him. You are not fighting Darnell Nurse. They've got other guys who can fight. You want to fight one of them? That's fine. But they've got other people that will do this. Some of these things with the buildup, the game on the 29th. Some of these games, when I did discipline for the league, I'd go to some of these trouble spots, and they'd be flag football games. Yeah. Well, that's what happened last year here. Right? I mean, we had the game down in uh, Calgary November 17th, 18th. It was nasty. Cassian went after Kachuk in that one. There was the five-on-five scrum at the end of the game. Lucic was with the Oilers at the time. You know, maybe there might have been a little bit of communication though Flames bench as he left the ice. Um, We've had people say, well, you know, Cassian's going to have to fight Ronaldo. And I'm like, why? Ronaldo plays five and a half, six minutes a game. Cassian's a 17-minute-a-game player on the Oilers' top line. Why Why would he fight Ronaldo? Right. Yeah, same same logic. Why would why would Matthew fight Zach? So, but it doesn't matter. They'll sort the boys will sort it out. Okay. All what right. I think is great is there's passion back in the Battle of Alberta, and everyone did the right thing. And you know what's overlooked? Connor McDavid did the right thing. You love that he, he went came in, in and there. ran Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Love it. I mean, I love it. Everyone did the right thing. All right, a uh, couple quick hitters for Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Vegas. Brian, i got to tell you, Gerard Gallant, and I had this conversation with uh, my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels, he has been fired twice now where I'm like, what the hell just happened here? Like when he got fired in Florida and they left him on the side of the road with the cab, I mean, that was bad optically. I mean, this guy was supposed to coach the Pacific Division team in the All-Star game. Were they floundering that poorly that they needed to make the decision there? Were you a little surprised that Gallant got fired? No, I was flabbergasted. A little surprise wouldn't be accurate. I was flabbergasted. I think he's a really good coach. I know the owner there is impatient, and they thought they should have had more success this year than it had, and they just went a little bit of a skid. But uh, I think he's a really good coach. I mean, he played in the Stanley Cup Finals. He got them to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he should have gotten them there again except for a series of bizarre officiating calls. Otherwise, they would have played in the finals twice. And I, I, don't, I think he's a good coach and he'll be out of work for just as long as he wants to be out of work. But I think what happened, I said this last night on our broadcast, I think what happened is they really liked Peter DeBoer and their concern was that if they didn't move on him now, they might not get him. Because this is like musical chairs. And you know, people say, well, how come this guy never coached here? How come Quenville never coached here? Whatever you get, they have to be unemployed when you have a vacancy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can't get those top guys. And they think Pete DeBoer is the top guy. Pete DeBoer played for me in the in the IHL in Milwaukee. He's a very smart player. He's a lawyer. He's a good coach. He's a good guy. So I think they felt if we don't move now, we might not get him. This is very similar to when I hired Mark Crawford in Vancouver. So I was working on the Pavel Bure trade. I had promised Mike Keenan I would not trade. I would not make, you know, I, I give him time with the players I got in the Bure trade. But then I made the deal, and we went to talk to Mark Crawford, and there was at least one other team and maybe two involved. So we moved on. And I did not, you know, did not keep my word to Mike on that as far as that this is what the plan was. Not my word so much that this was what the plan was. And I think that's what precipitated the timing of this. But I was baffled by it. I still am. I'm so upset at Mike. He had a show called Making the Cut, and he made Dylan Stanley, who was five foot nine and 170 pounds, fight a kid named Adam Taylor, who was six feet and 200, in the boxing ring. So I asked Mike if he wanted to maybe square up with me on that. But uh, <laughs> and he would have, you know that about Mike. I'm having a little bit of fun with you there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look at Gallant, and uh, 
let let the situation play out in Detroit this year. Former, you know, line mate of Steve Eisman. He was a hard nosed, tough SOB when he played, Brian. Does Detroit a logical fit, but maybe not during the season, maybe at the end of the year? Well, I think first off, when you get fired, it's, it's very humiliating. It's very public. So imagine anyone listening, if you get fired, it's embarrassing for you with your family and a yep. small circle of friends. But if you work at a bank or you sell insurance and you get fired, it's not public. It's not everyone in the world doesn't know it. If you're coaching in the NHL, you get fired. It goes across the ticker on, on Sportsnet. Yep. You know, and it's very humiliating and it's tough, very tough for people when they go through it. So a lot of times, I was just talking to Ray Shiro the other day who just got fired. And, and you know, I, I said just, it's tough and we all know how tough it is. So a lot of times you don't want to go back to work right away. You need a week or two to regroup or like with Peter DeBoer's case, what, five weeks he was out? So I'm not sure he wants to work right away. And Jeff Blaschel, I think, is a good coach. I think he's, he coached at uh, Miami University when my son was there. And I think he's a good guy. And I think they think, like I always did, I didn't think I should fire a coach until I gave him a team that was good enough to win. Yeah. I don't think they feel they've given him a team that's good enough to win. But it sure makes sense. If they're going to look at a coaching change, it's a perfect fit for Gerard. All right, one final one for you. We got Sam Constantino coming up next, Brian. How much does the CHL prospects game matter? Uh, because I'm a, I've worked that event in the past for Sportsnet as a font court and stats guy way back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Basically, every GM and head head amateur scout is at this event. You only got one chance to make a first impression, don't you? It's a really important game, and Stevie Steos runs the show in Hamilton. And I texted with him yesterday, asking if I was coming. I've got Tim and Sid today at 6, so I can't go down. I'm going to go do Tim and Sid and then go to the Leafs game. But uh, it's a really important game. I've been a number of times. I think it's fantastic hockey. I think the CHL does a great job. I really do. And you look at all the draft-eligible kids, and it is important. Best on best, all draft-eligible. It should be a hell of a game. Did you ever uh, skyrocket a pick as a result of a performance in that game that you guys had? Yeah, I'm trying to. I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, someone else asked me that, not not on not on radio, but someone else asked me that, and I was trying to think. It's happened a number of times. Um, I remember when they had it out west, and two guys had a great fight, and we moved one guy up three rounds. Was it Musil? Uh, I don't know. I remember Musil. No. So, the guy's name I might know it. Was it Kyle Wanvig? He fought. I the, think it might have been Kyle Wanvig, but we moved one guy up three rounds based on that game. Yeah, we've we done it a number of times. Yeah, like uh, I'll try and if you remind me, I'll try and find a couple names for it. But a couple guys jumped up in that game. All right, great stuff. Hey Brian, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Bob. You bet. See that you. is yep. That is Brian Burke from NHL Hockey and Rogers, longtime NHL executive. He said he'd suspend uh, Matthew Kachuk for a game if he fought Cassian or Nurse. That's a different perspective for us uh, and an interesting one. Brian's appearances are brought to you by our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Make sure you go down and see the gang. I already mentioned Uncle Milt, courtesy of our texter out of BC. Uncle Milt's out in Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. Brent Ridge Ford is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction, and right now is a great time to buy. A significant rebates as they're clearing out their 2019s. Give the gang at Brent Ridge a call, 1-877-477-3673, or visit BrentRidge.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll have some more text coming up in our Ashley Fine Floors text. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Slide as well. Sam Constantino still to come when we're back. Uh, we'll get to the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Thanks, Darnell. Uh, we got a great text. So I got to get to this text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Here we go. From Jason in Sangudo. Bob, just since you had Brian Burke just on the show, maybe Cassian and Kachuk should just rent a barn and settle it that way. Paying homage to uh, Kevin Lowe and Brian Burke back in the day. To uh, the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Mr. Ascott. All right. Uh, down in Arizona, forward Brad Richardson hit the IR indefinitely with a lower body injury. Bruins goaltender Tuka Rask officially placed on the injured reserve. He's got a concussion, does not have a timetable for his return. Some good news in Anaheim, though. Ducks forward Troy Terry activated after missing a long stretch with a broken bone below his kneecap. He did tear it up on his conditioning stint, is probable tonight against Nashville. No news on Brendan Gallagher either. I mean, that's a, you, you, you're coming off a concussion, you come back in, he got smoked on the boards in the second of the game, uh, period of the game, finished the game, then started experiencing headaches. And uh, I know a guy that's a concussion specialist, and he tells me when they get to back-to-back, that's when it gets tricky, which is why you never race a guy back hard after the first one. And look at how deliberate the orders have been with Matthew Benning, who I think people have come to terms with is maybe a little bit more vital cog to the team than they realized. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Speaking of the CHL prospects uh, game, a guy that knows uh, major junior hockey as well as anybody in this country from NHL hockey on Rogers and from Sportsnet, Sam Constantino. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.